0: What's up guys and welcome back to redeeming identity the podcast we talk about the true identity of god and how mm-hmm. today's culture is trying to distort that pervert that uh we're trying to tell people get people to realize what their true identity is by sharing stories that people can relate with um that's especially true in this episode
1: yeah um excited to share part two of me and megan and what uh specifically when i say me and megan it's the mental health breakdown where we left left y'all hanging uh last time it was a wednesday night and i think the last words that megan said was that uh, she thought she casted whatever that spirit was or you know whatever it was out of the apartment and that we would be good moving on and um but uh That next day is June 18th of 2020. And you'll hear how scary that day was. And, uh, but one thing that we are realizing is the sovereignty of God. And you'll even hear Megan say how grateful she actually is on this side of everything. Yeah. That God worked it out. The in the way that he did.
0: Well, and I wasn't there when y'all recorded this, and so I just got done listening to it. And the, and the things that I want um, y'all to listen out for, um, first and foremost, how important devotion is, how important it is to find a partner who is, who is mm. loyal to a fault. Mm. But also pay attention to the story and how differently it could have gone yes. if Aaron hadn't have been... If you hadn't been so secure in your identity in Christ or known your identity in Christ, if you hadn't been aware of what your true identity in Christ was, and you had felt these feelings and these emotions and these urges, the story could have turned out a lot different. But you were able to be self-aware enough, knowing your identity in Christ, having that written on your heart, that you were able to stop your stop and say, hey, this is not right. What's going on in my mind is not right. This is an attack from the enemy. This is a chemical attack. Something is going on. And just imagine how differently that story Mm. could have gone or would have gone had you not been
1: aware of your identity in Christ. And, And that's so right, man. And also, had I not had other people that also knew who I was in Christ and know who I am. They, they know who they are in Christ. And so those, those things are critical. And once again, what, what I'm going to say now is if you are listening to this and you are experiencing having thoughts or urges to harm yourself, harm somebody else, um, Those are not things that any of us can can handle. We cannot, uh, we can't just muscle through and suppress that and and think that we're going to get through this on our own. Um, As Scott said, the story could have gone so much differently. And God was so gracious and so present in the darkest time But man, if I had not have had God first, if I had not had this relationship with Jesus, and then if I did not have the relationship with others, I would not be sitting right here today recording. Well, now, here we go. Without further ado. Without further ado, here is part two of the OCD breakdown of two thousand twenty. What we found out is the way that people showed up and that God showed up when we were so weak and powerless. Yes. So that, that day I took you to work, and I'm like still having these, rest. like I'm already wrestling. It. You and I kiss, like get out of the car, and, and like literally in my mind I'm thinking, no, I'm not right. It's not right. I'm not okay. And um, But I kept that to me. And so in my mind, um, there's already these scenarios of, um, this might be the last time. <sighs>
2: yeah.
1: And then at the office, I'm, as my mind's racing. That's when I, you know, I had thoughts about going up to the roof and jumping off. Like, I've, I'm, I'm like trying to find a way out literally, uh, of escape and, and literally what i was really trying to in my mind escape from was myself doing something to you Mm -hmm. and uh that was the thought it's better for me to just take me now um and god i mean um and even there you know there were thoughts about doing things to the people, like hurting the people in my workplace. Like, and I'm like all of the, the things that you, that your stories are the news. And, and, you know, I think that we have to always be careful. Like I even said earlier about just with words, even when we read these news stories and things like, don't just, we we don't know what's really going on in mm-hmm. people's minds, hearts. Right. Um, so uh, my sister sends me a text and says, uh, just like, hey, what's going on? And I, and like, how did you know? You know, mm-hmm. um, I know her mom had talked. And she, I said, well, I'm at work, but I'm about to be in the car. And she said, okay, call me. So I get in the car. And um, the first question out of her mouth is, did you stop taking your meds? Yes. When? I told her, and and then I told her the nature of the thoughts, and she said, okay, hang up now. You need to call your, uh, because there's a therapist that I was seeing at the time, and then a guy that was over this men's ministry, and she said, you need to call them right now and tell them what's going on, and then call me back. So I called, left a message, or texted both of them, and One of these guys uh, that I had reached out to um, connected actually with one of the three other guy men that I have walked with through life together, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and one of the guys so happens to live close by here in town, and one of uh, that guy literally just drops everything, and he
2: was off that day. He was off
1: that day, and so I make it from Montgomery to Tallisie and he says I'm coming to get you and so I literally pull off park in the car in a field and I call you after I I think I talked to my brother when you talk, your parent,
2: I talked your to my family brother. that said you need to you need to call Megan
1: yeah my brother Finally, said you need, you need to call Megan now and tell her what's going on so I did and that wasn't pretty <laughs> you know
2: no it was not um I was not I was not very um. I was not very Christ-like, I'll be honest. Because, um, no. again, I, I was, I was no. yelling. and um, But in, in no. the rage I was feeling, um, I do remember saying, you are not leaving me. Amen. Wherever you go, I'm going. So if somebody's picking you up to take you, I don't know where he's taking you, but he's going to take me with you. Yeah. So whether it's a hospital, whatever it is, I'm walking with you through this because we made a commitment. This is a covenant right here. And I'm, you're not leaving me. And whatever doctor, whatever therapist is going to talk to you, I'm going to be there. Yeah. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I put my foot down. Yes. Um, and that's what happened. Um,
1: Praise God. you know,
2: talk with your mom after that and, and I was hurt, you know, because I felt like everybody was making decisions for you and I'm your wife, you know, there's God and there's me, you know, and everyone else. And, but, you know, in the situation, your mom put it very plainly, she said, you know, think about it in the sense of an emergency, if, you know, if there was a car accident or something had happened. You know, immediately, what do the paramedics do or the the doctors do? They immediately they treat the they they don't think oh before I cut open or before I even assess the situation EMTs and and help they don't call yeah the family the family is sometimes not notified until a few well, thirty minutes or so later on until their stability or whatever. So in the the rush of everything, there was just not the time, and yep. and because they knew, because of what they had walked with you, walked with you through mm-hmm. five years ago, they knew the signs. They knew more knowledge than I did, yep. and I had to you know forgive and understand. I did, um, and I'm glad and thank God for your your mom and your family and mm-hmm. stuff through that time just to give me some some help. Yes. Um because I I I needed I needed them. Yes. Um because this was un uncharted orders for me. Man. Um but I knew I loved you. Yeah, uh. it's a long process because I had to leave you um and then go get your car. By the time I did that, I was able to call my grandparents because mm. They're here locally. You had already to talk to your parents. And I had not talked to my mom yet. Mm. I had called her first because I needed to have a place to go. I said, and I didn't tell her what happened. I said, hey, um, you know, mm. I said, I'm leaving work. I said, are you guys home? And she said, yes. She said, everything okay? I said, no, it's not, but I'm okay. I'm safe. You know, Aaron is safe. As far as like physical, I said, we're safe. I said, but we, we do have a little emergency and I just need to come. Mm. Um, I said, I gotta go, I've got to get Aaron's car, and will you be home? And she said, yes. Um, and so I said, I will explain when I get there.
1: Mm.
2: And so she was okay with that because she knew I was safe, knew you were safe. Um, and then once I got your car, I that's when I called my mom. Oh. Obviously, they dropped everything and drove up <clears throat> to meet me at my grandparents. And that was when I first was able to share what was going on because we were just, again, in this, we didn't know what we were facing. Um, you know, many conversations between family members and, um, you know, that's when we started telling people to pray Talking to yeah. your parents,
1: they had the world. Brian. They,
2: I mean, I don't think we, I don't believe you didn't. They did not. I actually went back to the hospital because I had not heard mm. from you for for three or four hours, nor had they called with any update.
1: I was in about system. you. I don't you, know. I, you know,
2: it just it took so long. It felt like forever. And I remember your your mom said it. She said you go back to the hospital. So I did. I walked back into that hospital. You know, obviously they wouldn't let me in because they have, you know, the protocols, COVID protocols. But I, I I remember walking in and I said, told him who I was. I said, my husband is here. I've not heard from him for some such hours. I just need to know, is he still here or have they taken him? And I just need to know where he's at. I said, oh, you don't have to let me. I know I can't go in. And they, and I thank God for them because they were, they were very, and they pulled you up and they said, actually, the van just got here. And so they were transporting you within
1: the moment that I walked oh my in the door. Gosh. I never knew that. Yeah. Look I, at thought, the Lord. I thought
2: you knew that. No,
1: look at the yeah. Lord. Yeah. And so
2: he said that he should be getting on the van mm-hmm. right now to, to leave the hospital, to go to the um, behavioral health center or whatever they call it, call it here. Wow. And um, that he should be able to have one phone call. And I said, well, will i be able to talk to him. He Should be able once he gets in and admitted, he should be able to have a phone call I'm before. Fine. Well, you know, I mean, like, you know what I mean, like a phone call before lights out, basically.
1: But I'm just saying, that's what that's, that meant
2: because it was late, it was I like know. eight o'clock it at night. Late. It was late. I'm
1: just la- I'm just it was almost nightfall. Head, just, yeah, one
2: call like you're in prison, right? Yeah, um, uh, and so that's what happened. So we all, you know, we leave, and obviously, I stay at my grandparents yeah. that night, I don't go home by myself, obviously, I stay there we got closed for me to stay um, and everything mm. because it was just as we didn't know what we were in for. And, you know, then you were able to, you know, once I got that phone call from you, you know, I just broke lots, mm. lots of tears um, because I just wanted, mm. I love, I love you. And I just, it was just, un, again, the unknown. We, we talked about that last episode where we were just in a season, the whole world was just in a, season of just fear and not understanding. And then, you know, that's when the journey came of all these thoughts that I had to wrestle with and that our family had to wrestle with as you were sitting in that hospital, you know, and we started having conversations with doctors and then, you know, doing, starting doing research and things about what the things we were seeing and um, it just, it's, it began a big, big journey yeah. of learning about mental health, even spiritually, searching the word and lots of prayer. Um, you know, it took a lot of time. But yeah, that's ultimately how you got there. Um, well, I I mean, we taught very regularly while you were there. Yep. And so I was able to bring you clothes. So you didn't have to be in like a gown or anything. Yep um you know obviously I couldn't see you and that was a lot of it too is in covid you know eventually you know normally and that's how they explained it you you would have visiting hours yeah. but I wasn't able to do that because of covid so we were able to mm. stand outside a window and wave at you for a little bit i did that at, um, at, that,
1: at least at that facility at least
2: at that facility you, i was you could
1: see and i yes, you know yes
2: and um
1: the the other place i was on like the 3rd thir- the 9th oh the um, floor but this one but hasn't. what had
2: what initially happened was, um, you know, again through this process, I'm talking to doctors, I'm talking to technicians and nurses, things like that. Um, they pretty much um, what we know now is really you should have stayed there longer, but um, in the uh, rush of things and um, just a moment of a decision, the um, physician. Um, because of a conversation I had where they were explaining medication and getting you back on basically what you had already been taken.
1: They started um, me on they the right started, path. They
2: did. They actually did start you on the right path. I, in my not knowing, and again, I've never been around this, not understanding the medical field or how these things work, I'm just asking questions. And in the moment when they're explaining your medication, we started him on this. We'll buy this in about know, tomorrow or by today or sometime today, we're going to up his medication. And I just wanted to know, you know, I'm saying, well, you know, how long can he stay? He's, you know, he, he misses me. He wants to come home. And as a, why are you, you know, um, he explained to me why you're open up, up his upping his medication. If you say that he's stable and he's not, being aggressive and things like that. And in the rush of that questioning, this physician got very offended and said, well, if you just want, we don't normally discharge, but if he just wants to go home, you can just come get him.
1: Yeah. They don't normally discharge on weekends.
2: And I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, I'm not saying he needs to come home. I just want to know why. And he just would not explain himself. He said, well, if he's expressing to you that he wants to to leave then, and if you don't want his medication upped, where you know upped or whatever, then you can just just come get him. Jeez, I mean they just were gonna throw you out. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to know. Yeah. Um, and so obviously at that point I get upset and go, well, fine if 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 this is how this facility is gonna treat you, yeah. I don't want you there. You know, we we got you out. Obviously, you still were not. We still did not feel safe to be alone. So I thank God for your parents um, because of, co- you know, COVID, you're in a, your dad worked from home. Yep. Um Your mom retired. was just retiring. Um, so when I needed that support system, um, I couldn't just not work. Um, so that was a, an issue we had to, to go through. And we tried, we tried to just let you be with your parents. It just, but it just did not work. Um, well, I commuted.
1: Well, the thoughts. You just, it was I, I, still there. So we decided Aaron is still not He he he's not ready. He's got to get some home. help. Yeah. And my dad um, kind of helped lead, lead in that moment when we went to the second place and when I'm at the hospital, like I'm not having thoughts of harming Megan. Well, obviously I'm not in the same I'm room. room
2: with,
1: yeah. And like, but I'm having thoughts about harming the people I'm in the room with. Like, it's like mm-hmm. in the hospital's so, um, you know, so it's like it, it's really not directed at anybody. It's like it. You can see that it's so much more um, going on. Well, and and then where the assumptions, the self assumptions, and the enemies' lies, and the even sometimes the medical, the mental health professional in that environment, maybe and. Is what, what I felt like I experienced is, um, there's some people that are just, um, they, they, they deserve, or they need to be locked away for life, um, in a permanent facility because they are, um, not degenerate. There's a, there was a different word that I, I heard at the second place. Um, and demented there's there's certain people who are just demented and that's where they go. And, and like, that doesn't get helped by, uh, movies and stuff, even though movies are great. And yeah, we were, we were talking about Batman, but I would not be sitting here yeah. without my family, without the love of God. And, support. and that's what
2: that ultimately is what led we fought for you when yeah. you couldn't fight for yourself, because, you know, again, and that stuff that we wrestled with as the family, because for a long time we were looking at it only through the spiritual lens, but we realized that even this is spiritual, but there is a physical component that we are not addressing. Yes. And before we could see God a, a you know freedom through this the, the bondage of um even just the, the things that we were seeing, the deeper core. Mm intrusive thoughts um, that are from the enemy. Like anything that's not truth from God's word is from the enemy. So before those, we had to, we had to address the physical. We had to get you stable chemically in your body physically. So again, there, there are things that you faced in the second facility, the whole, the whole process that yes, but God was faithful the whole time. And I I thank God for how it all played. Like I can look back and go, God, I'm so thankful it happened the way it did Amen. because God specifically lined up everything, everything. from every conversation, um, every experience. I mean, and we did like we did do spiritual warfare. I mean, I Amen. mean, I can remember we we were thinking like I remember you being convinced before you even were in the next phase of being of going into this next facility, you were, you thought you had a demon in yep. you and you've said it. I, I'm possessed. I have a demon. And I remember just yeah. screaming at you. Yeah. Like, no, you are not like, I'm hitting the, the tables. Yeah. And, and no, you do not. Like there was, there was frustration Ugh. because we didn't know, we didn't know what we were battling and, yeah. and seeing, but Thank God, we had people praying, and we had family and and that we, had, we we had people that were. And, and thank God for your sister. I want to. want to Were were praying, but also like we were, we were searching yeah. websites and articles yeah. and <laughs> like what are we seeing? Yeah. Um. And we fought for you when a lot of people in the medical, like doctors, physicians, yeah. would just pass it off as. Oh, it's just a feeling. You should just give in to that. This is probably why you're having all these things. And Amen. we're like, no. Yeah. So like, no. This is not truth.
1: Yeah. Amen. So first, I want to, you know, if you've listened to all of these podcasts, you know, you've heard, you've heard our stories and you've heard my stories about kind of early on and stuff with my my dad and my brother. But man, I like. I want to come back around and say that they are the two strongest, godliest men and most level-headed, like, calm. If you want somebody in a crisis situation, you want my dad and my brother.
2: Yes, because that moment that I just said where I was screaming at you in your parents' house, your dad came in and he put his hand and he said, come with me, son. Yep. And Because I... Lord, so, and I needed that. I needed the I needed the calm yeah. because I I was not
1: so. But and I, and I just say <laughs> I needed I'm the stability. So, I'm so grateful them. for for those two men of God, they are. and um, you know, they, you know, my dad, both in the time in 2015 and the time in 2020. Um. He was the one that was just the rock, you know, and, and just, he would say to my mom, he'd say to me, no, no, once you get the physical side of this sorted out, we'll deal with the spiritual. And like, he had the peace Mm -hmm. in the midst of it. And, uh, and so I'm forever grateful. And, and, you know, I will say that my dad is the godliest man. I know I've seen Jesus grow him into such an awesome leader, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, my brother's the same. What an awesome man God, you know? And, you know, they were fighting for me when people were saying uh, some things about, this is maybe why you feel this way. And literally had the, um, they they gave me the opportunity to, hey, would you like to talk to a chaplain? And they do this if you're admitted in the hospital, even for non, you know, if it's just like at other health, like with with what Megan, you know, they they'll ask about a chaplain uh, or and would you like to see the therapist? And that's what they ask up there. So therapist comes at, at this place. I'm, I explain what's going on well, maybe the reason why, and she, this is, this is her, maybe the reason why you you want to kill her is because you really don't love her. And you maybe you really are gay, you know, that, that is really, and it's okay. I'm a Christian and and we support that because that, you know, and like, and I remember the Holy Spirit that's inside of me going, no. Um, I remember, uh, it just, and I'd seen her again at a different point, I think. And it was still just like, I don't want to talk to you again. You know, it's like.
2: Yes. And I remember you telling me about that, that visit and I was furious. No. And I remember saying, are you required no. to talk to this woman? He said, no. I said, do not go back to her again. Nope. I said, cause that is again, not who you are. This is who God created you to be. No. We know what this is. Even when you could not admit you had a problem and you had OCD because that was a big step for you to finally admit that you have this. Because even in the hospital, you were still convinced this was you were possessed by a demon. Okay. <laughs> so there well, was no convincing that you had no, a mental health there, issue
1: there was, um, until which, we
2: got some stability. But how, um, which, it took a while for you to understand yeah. and to face.
1: Yeah. What and was going on? So, so you know, and I have felt... But we did
2: not go back to that there. <laughs> so,
1: and and I felt led to go here since I've listened to a couple different stories, podcasts, different things within the last couple of weeks. I've seen where different people have either gone inpatient for a mental illness issue or they're just seeking mental health treatment and they're dealing with... The same types of thoughts that I was having and they're younger and these, these people are being told, um, oh, well, the reason why you're unhappy is because you're, you know, you should, maybe you were born in the wrong body and, um, and so you should maybe try being uh, you know, try out being a boy or try out being a girl. Um, and, and I've heard from just more than one story of this happening where the mental health and the medical, uh, psycholog- you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, therapists are, are really, um, and I'll just say it are being used as agents of Satan. Um, Mm -hmm. they're pushing it, uh, and they don't know that they are some of them, um, but they are literally leading somebody down a path of death and destruction, um, that's not helping them. And, um, as I said, but therefore go, I, you know, but for the grace of God, there go I, um, so that was one of the lies that they were telling me the other one by the psychiatrist was basically you're a demented um psycho that belongs in prison for the rest of your life um and so that was what i believed when i when i was released uh it sounds like a prison because it was the next step to a prison good lord
2: yeah um well, and, and and the conversation i had with said doctor um, about you before you were released was very discouraging because I knew what they had you on. They actually added a new medication to you because they not only thought you were OCD, ADD, they also labeled you as being in depression, which I pushed back and said, my husband is not depressed. He's anything but Depressed. If he's depressed, it's because he's in that facility yeah. and he's not around his support system, but with me and his family. And, but she still had you on this other medication,
0: yeah.
2: and which we knew was eventually, we knew was not what you needed to be taking. Yeah. But, um, I, I asked about your stability. I said, well, is he still having. Thoughts of hurting himself or hurting me. And she said yes. And I said, Well, why are you releasing him Mm. if he still has some instability? If he needs more time for this to chemically, these medications to chemically help him. And her response was, That's the max. This is the maximum stay Mm. for every patient. And if you don't feel safe, that's something you have to take up with law enforcement. <laughs> <sighs> so basically, if I don't feel safe, if, if you know, I'm convinced had we not shown up to pick you up, they would have just put you on the streets. They would have. So it was it, it was not a very life giving conversation. And I knew I knew what I was dealing with. And I just said, OK, yeah then we'll we will take care of it and we we did (laughs) we 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 learned early on myself your family we we were we were the i say it to other people we are what's we are the the best advocate because no one was fighting for you yeah we we were fighting so i thank god because there's so many that walk through what you walked through, and even worse, that don't have this support.
1: So I want to say that, you know, a lot of people don't have a family. They don't, it's and tough. a lot of people don't know. Uh, one that there is a God. Yeah, the that foundation loves of Christ
2: in and salvation. is
1: fighting for them. Um, and so, me as a beloved son, a child of God. I know now, looking back, that God was fighting for me. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness, do I know this? Yes. Um, There were miracles that I saw in both places, like timing of things. I would be saying, I wish that I had this book right now. Uh, And all of a sudden, the tech walks in and says, hey, uh, your wife just dropped this off for you. What? Um, or um, several times, you know, with my dad, uh, like I remember going, I just wish I could talk to my dad right now. My mom and dad, I just wish, you know, because it's like when you're at this place of life and death, you become a five year old child. And, and, yeah. you know, and didn't you
2: say you were able to find a Bible. Or and, something yeah. Like and and just,
1: you? I mean, all this stuff. So it's like, but at that moment, I wish my mom, I wish I could talk, right? Then, Hey, uh, your dad's on the phone. You know, and and a different time that happened with my sister, with you, with my um, best friend, with with one of the pastors on staff at at our church, even, and um, so we were surrounded. You know, I love yes. that song "Surrounded." And it's like it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded right. by you, mm-hmm. and so it's like man. There's this beautiful picture of like, uh, like my, I'd say life verse, but it really, I love, it's what I sign off on all my emails is give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his love endures forever. And it's what the Israelites said. It's, it's the anthem. It's he's good and his love endures. He fights for us. And, you know, I've seen in those places the despair and the pain and i have such an empathy and compassion Mm -hmm. for people not just in the in the mental health world but those who live on the street Um, when i'm driving down getting off the interstate in some of the parts of town and i just i'm able to look some of the people in the eye and just to see i go i see you you know i see you Uh, and i see the pain and the shame and you know and even the prison and system and and so you know god was with me and and just one more note back on i, I believe based on my experience and what i've seen and what even after talking to some people that have been in law enforcement and just you know people that are that go to that have to go to psych ward or anything like that, you know, there's, there's this connection between that. The next step from the psych ward is, is the prison or the street, you know, or you're back in the psych ward. I just feel like there's this crazy vicious cycle. And there were, there were people in both places that it was like, they're they're just, they're back at the, they're back here. Same
2: cycle. They knew,
1: like, the they the knew. techs and the nurses knew them by name, like, because they'd been there. And I'm sure that some of the local police know them. It's like, it's really sad. Exactly. Uh, the other thing, and I had said it earlier, is you and I are not our mental health diagnosis. Um, we... We have a diagnosis, but that is not who we are. That's not who I am. That doesn't define me. In fact, you know, it's it's something that I can say, as Paul says, you know, I boast about my weaknesses so that Christ may be glorified. And I've seen God work through this entire time. And, you know, we got out and, and long story short, is is that man? Uh, God connected us with an amazing therapist um, that we at, needed at that time.
2: That we specifically needed specifically for what we were Specific,
1: such a God thing. Specifically, and and God used this therapist, and I got connected to the correct, um, the like the the right um, psychiatrist as well for medication for medication that understands OCD. That understands my my real diagnosis and and doesn't isn't trying to put something on me that is not my diagnosis I guess mm-hmm. um, and they're working in tandem making sure my therapist and them are on the same page which is really good and um, and so I did what's called uh, ERP exposure with response prevention type therapy uh what do they call iop uh intensive outpatient mm-hmm. and and basically my rehab facility was mom and dad's house in birmingham and yes. that was for a month and a half that we were basically almost two months almost <laughs> like you would have visits like like i was still in a facility yeah, and, i had to work
2: I, I i was alone by myself and i'd come visit you
1: so this is what i still believed the entire time and I'm I'm going, why the heck am I doing this? This is useless. Uh, you know, and, and meanwhile, I I can't see what the medicine's really doing to help me inside. And and the therapy's helping, even though I don't believe it is. And and so um start taking these steps. I get back to um one of the steps uh was for me to uh move moved back home with Megan and, you know, just how much fear and anxiety that was. Cause the last time I was in that apartment, I was having the episode that I did and, and, you know, we got through it. I didn't kill her. And my therapist would go, <laughs> Oh, you know, like, wow, you didn't yeah, kill her. We you know? laugh now and and it's like, it and you tough. can say that just cause when you're dealing with OCD, it's like, and I've heard therapists even with OCD patients that have said, like, they're the ones that I actually do trust. <laughs> you know, if I were to give them a knife, because they're like so afraid and freaked out, you know.
2: Well, and the more stuff we, we research too, you're, and people that know you, that's why a lot of them were very shocked even that you were going through this because yeah. you are the most gentle person. Mm hmm people we call you a golden retriever. <laughs> I'm more vicious than you are. Yeah. I tend to have a short fuse compared to you. We can have a disagreement yeah. and you're smiling at me. So that's why I'm like, you are the most gentle yeah. person. Why would I ever have like and that's why I knew, I was like I'm yeah. I'm like I just had the peace knowing that I was safe and I yeah. trusted the Lord to carry us and and he did it was hard we still had many arguments and frustrations through yeah. you coming back home but we had to make those steps yeah. like we knew this journey was not going to be easy but i i knew that the that god had not changed yeah. and the fact that everything else we had walked through up to this was to bring god really god was going to get glorified yeah. through this. We, did, we may not have seen it in the moment. We see it now because we're on the other side yeah. of it. But when you're in it, you don't yeah. see, you don't understand. And it's where God is, he's shaping you. He's growing you. He's building endurance and discipline. And, and you're, I, I have, my eyes have been opened. My relationship with the Lord has grown because he, he opened my heart. He opened even areas in my life that I was not trusting God with and and tested those and I, and it's almost like that refine the the refining process mm. of like gold how they refine gold like you have to go through the fire to come out this this beautiful piece mm. of art and you know God still is refining I don't believe we ever really in or, or refining you know I think there's Seasons where it's tested and there's hotter temps, obviously. Um, but, you know, we we saw that. I, I began, you know, there was hard times, but I remember coming back, coming home, you know, things were starting to lift again. We actually started having church again. That was a big deal.
1: Taking little um, steps. Taking
2: little steps. Um, You and, know, and- you working again. We were in therapy. We were keeping with everything we were actually talking to people and actually being honest and open about what we were struggling with. So we had lots of prayer, prayer support. And, um, you know, I began to see you try to, you know, read your Bible again, which I know was hard, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just, just starting to try to take steps. Um, and so and
1: even when it, it, I couldn't feel even it, even when you didn't
2: feel it, you were you were like, no, I'm going to be disciplined, even though I don't want to do this. Yeah. And even though you were struggling, you were still yeah. taking the effort to pursue the Lord um, through prayer and
1: so those daily
2: discipline. You know
1: something that this has everything in my life has taught. Everything in our lives has taught is the importance, and it was funny because this was. At when I was in the second facility, the, there was one therapist occupational therapist that was like really sweet and it's like I can look back and I go I think she's a believer you know um, but she was doing a word study one and they like basically have worksheets and stuff that you that are like for kids like it's like for kids. It's like when I look back at some of the stuff, but it, the word was resilience. And like basically being able to persevere and, um, and so what a good therapist, just like a good physical therapist, a good mental health therapist, uh, you know, if, if you're having your shoulder rehab from a a surgery or your knee, like you want to hate, you need to have a therapist that you almost hate. And you feel like they must hate you because the amount of pain that you're going through and the discomfort levels of your sessions. And uh, so there were times when with my doctor, I'm like, why? This is torture. Why are you torturing me and making me say these things and do these things? And and so hard work, hard work that it pays off and like pushing through and, and going through the testing and the trial. And the, this was a verse earlier this week, um, from Romans five, um, when it says, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And then later on in Romans 8, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So it's like we've been through that. And it's been and it's refined us, and and so, kind of the anthem even through all of this is continuing to trust God, leaning into who He says we are,
2: mm-hmm.
1: has paid off, yeah. and not following the ways of where even some of the therapists we were pushing.
2: We, you know, and we're seeing you know now we're seeing it where some of the things that the world is experiencing um with this with this transgender movement and um what hospitals and doctors and therapists are pushing mm-hmm. we we experienced that yeah before like and um so we 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 understand um what they're fighting yes. and sadly um, which I'm, I'm convinced, I'm convinced. You know, had you not had this marriage, me, your family, the foundation of Christ, um, there's no telling yeah. where you would be. So easy to, out of fear, yeah. or even, um, to just well, okay. Well, I'm you because there's almost this there is this in, in and I, and I don't know how to describe this but you know we want to trust our doctor like we want to trust because we think because of their position they know what's best and sometimes they do sometimes But they sometimes do. they don't Yeah. and that's why we have to pray that the discernment of the spirit to know of the holy spirit to know yeah. um and so you know, if anything. You know, I, we have learned a lot through this of just learning to be an advocate, learning to, again, seek God first, but also ask questions and not afraid to ask questions, and also researching and and you know, reading articles, reading different point of views, different stories, and then asking God for wisdom. Yeah. Man, we ask God for wisdom. Yeah. Um, and he showed up and yeah. he lined everything up and we did see, we, and I know you're, you, and I'm a test to, because I watched a miracle. Yeah. I watched your transformation yeah. happen. And it, and it was just like you said in the beginning with what your dad said, we've got to address, yeah. we've got to address the physical before we can address. We can let God heal yes. and restore the spiritual, and it has happened exactly like that. Yeah. It took what do we say about three months to 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 go down, and then we I really did not start seeing really life back into you yeah. your body and your face and your, just how you would talk to me and just the the house like it started just yeah. starting to change within September ish yeah. I think September. Well, um and only god could do that and there
1: was one moment where god supernaturally moved and mm -hmm. it was on and we were doing our we
2: finally started it back up (laughs) yeah
1: we finally started doing with our worship team some stuff and i was still not convinced I was still thinking I was a fraud. I was still all these things, which I've heard people who have that either are suffering now or know somebody. And that's what the person says that they're struggling with is these thoughts. I'm a fraud. This marriage. I'm a fraud. I'm having these thoughts. Everything's fake. And um, I mean, that's like the enemy comes in. You know, it is. Everything is spiritual. When we're weak physically and emotionally, you know, we are a three-part being. And that's like, if there's anything, you know, to say is, is that, um, you know, what we've already said, well, we are a three-part being. And so we have to remember that God is involved in every single part of that. God created us every part of us. And so everything is spiritual. Um, the body is so important, taking care of our physical body, uh, with med- medications. That is such a godsend. And I thank God for my medication. And, and I, and we do pray and we'll, we'll navigate it as we continue to grow What what it'll look like through the years, um, sleep, exercise, diet, um, those are things that are all crucial. Um, we are a temple of the Holy Spirit, you mm-hmm. know, and we got and our soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, it's important to be in therapy. It's important to to be with groups and in community.
2: community pray, seek, you wise know, counsel,
1: talk know. through. So yeah, work
2: through
1: work stuff through with things. your soul. And and finally, when uh, and, and like the whole time bathe everything in prayer, but sometimes like I was uh, at a pretty much a catatonic state um, you know at one point when I was screaming and, and mm-hmm. you know not able to formulate words or thoughts or anything and 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 basically curled up in a fetal position, mm-hmm rocking back and forth at that level i like i want to paint that picture in your mind so you're not thinking well it wasn't you weren't that No, like yes. i was catatonic
2: yes
1: curled up in a ball not just in the apartment that one i mean like Amen. R- yeah. like mm-hmm. during the whole summer like oh my goodness um and so i'm not able to to really pray i i wasn't doing any of that but god was still there holding on, still with me. He was still with us and, um, screaming out, crying out. Um, and I just, I felt led to close with a couple of scriptures that really demonstrate what we witnessed happen. And, you know, for years I would have said, well, it's because I was possessed by a demon for, all of these years, but, but I think I was oppressed in my, both the mental health side and because of that, the spiritual. And I didn't have an enjoyable relationship with God. There was, it was, it was always condemned, always. It's always a struggle. It's a struggle. And, you know, I think about and I remember
2: asking you that. I remember asking, why do you, why do you feel like every time, like, When I think of, like, your time, your prayer time in the morning, like, why do you feel like you have to fight all the time? all the time. Because, you know, I'm thinking, and and in your mind, you're like, well, doesn't everybody? And I'm like. I thought that was normal. No. Like, when I have time in the morning with Jesus, it's in communion, like, like, he's my friend. And I'm having that time with him, and I'm quieting my spirit, or I'm worshiping, I'm reading a scripture to encourage and feed, fuel my body, and then yeah, there are. But there are times where you are in prayer for warfare yeah. on other on your behalf and others. Yes, so there are different levels of that time. Yeah. But for that to be it,
1: that's all I. Knew. That's
2: not. That's all you knew. You only knew that one yeah. side.
1: Of, I had no of enjoyment. I had no. There was no joy. Rest. Yes. No there was peace. no rest and no peace, and and so um day and night and um you know it just the all the times of of physical even self-harm that happened in college and we talked about that before but like it all makes sense and made more sense after everything here um and so um that one night as we're talking about what happened well i went uh as I shared, I I get I serve on the worship team at our church and um and I just it gets so much joy and fulfillment and more than anything I just like I just love to worship the Lord and but I had not touched a piano I hadn't played I hadn't done any of that my purpose what God created me to do to worship Him and then to you know use these gifts and um convinced I was a fraud. Well, God set it up that this one night, um, and it Somebody was,
2: couldn't make it.
1: while, while the Lord was kind of doing these things, I, I was like, I had talked to my best friend and he'd said something about maybe, you you know, maybe you can do something, you know, and like the Lord's just working it all, setting it up. I I'm like, uh, I'm going to grab my inners. I didn't even tell anybody, Megan, I grabbed ask me. but I, I the week before I had, um, I had just like gone in athletic shorts and a shirt. And if anybody's involved in like our, our music worship communities, it's like everybody almost dresses up for even. All
2: black. Somebody's yeah, got blue even for jean development, on. Even, even for, somebody's got denim on. This is not
1: even like a service. Black it's denim, like, white like denim. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's <laughs> its own thing. Uh, you gotta look cool, I guess. Um, oh whatever. gosh, whatever. Um, but, uh, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna get dressed and take and that's like kind of with mental health with the fight. Like you have to get up. You've got to like I, I heard it on a podcast today with anxiety, you have to keep moving because anxiety and OCD wants to paralyze. You have to move. It's all about a forward movement, you know. Um and
2: you gotta have purpose. If you yeah. don't have something you're working towards. Yeah. No wonder you stay in that constant state of depression and and, and ruminating over what the the negative because you are not taking the steps to we were we were created to worship, we were created to move, we were created to work, we were created to have purpose. And when that stripped away, no wonder.
1: Yeah. We're in that state. And so, you know, all of all of that, and I'm still not really convinced that we had a conversation with my sister on the way. And, uh, you know, I'd said something basically to the things of like, well, maybe it's time for me to, to actually use my gift again or something to, along that line. And, uh, when we pulled into the parking lot of church, I get a text from one of the guys saying, Hey, can you play, can you play keys right now? can't make it uh so somebody can't and I was like what uh okay uh sure I'll be right in (laughs) because I I wasn't on the schedule to do this uh so I go in and I'm going don't these people know like the crazy man that's right here like the
2: what I've just walked through months ago murderer
1: slash psycho like I need to be in the prison or in a like I, I don't need to be in here um and so then he goes, "Hey, can you music? Can you MD, which is the music director?" So I'm like, "What in the world?" Well, in the course of one hour, a soup like I mean, it was as if um, a cloud lifted, like a, like I can't explain in the natural there's no words and i've even talked with and and have listened to podcasts of of people who've had ocd and just it just they seem to never ever even get to this point yeah for the rest of their lives and um and so i j- i can't explain but it was this moment and it was like I was all of a sudden like, wait, uh, what happened? Like, it was almost like, like, I'm like, where am I? It was almost like, where am I kind of moment. It it was this, I am a child of God. Like it was, it was the supernatural setting free power of Jesus Mm -hmm. in the presence of God. And like, that's the answer. It's like, we, we have to take care of all three parts, but if we don't add that third part, mm-hmm. I believe that I would be in that,
2: Still in that cycle.
1: cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you know, I think it's good to listen to some podcasts and, and things about mental health, but you know, I just like how it can easily become my identity to just be like well i'm just a uh sex even
2: your your crutch too yeah it can your be a crutch or, or, to-
1: well that's why i'm thinking this way and and whatever it's like no like god can do miracles he can and 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 like from that point like it's been a completely different story and a journey and where god's been rewiring well there's this amazing story that has brought me so much comfort and now I relate to it and maybe you will too, if, if you're, you've related to anything that that's been shared, um, in that, uh, one, the miracle working power of Jesus and two that he understands. So first the miracle working power of Jesus and the fact that this is not, uh, a new mental health and these struggles with demonic things and whatever is not new, uh, Mark five um and this is uh verses 1 through 15 they went across the lake to the region of the garizenes when jesus got out of the boat a man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him this man lived in the tombs and no one could bind him anymore not even with a chain that i've i've seen people with that intensity when i was in both places all right for he had often been chained hand and foot but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet no one was strong enough to subdue him night and day among the tombs and in the hills he would cry out and cut himself with stones wow when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God in God's name? Don't torture me. Wow. Does that not sound like my Mm -hmm. (laughs) wife?
0: Because
1: it was torture. Like quiet. There was no quiet time. It was torturous and, and like crying out day and night. Yeah. And, and I think of of all the people that that go through that and, and yes. have cut themselves, and I mean it's like,
2: to have had harm,
1: and then why? Because and the enemy keeps saying, "Well, he's he he wants to torture you. He wants that's all he wants. That's and God hates you. You're going to hell. You know all of those things." For Jesus had said to him, "This is so great. Of, Come out of this man, just like you did, babe." <laughs> uh, Come out of this man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on the the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, like I said earlier. They have to listen to him. Just like that story of Job, like God's in control. Like nothing, nothing is more powerful than him. And the impure spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in the number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and the countryside. And the people went out to see what had happened. And this is like, this verse is almost saying what uh, my wife experienced walking into the apartment on Friday after work right here. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid.
2: And I, I, was, I was very much walked in, you had gotten home before I did, I guess. And again, and uh, this was the day, because it was the Thursday that that moment happened for you and uh, for worship and playing. And I, and I felt it that, that night, too, something different was off you. But then I was like, OK, yeah, you know, and it's again, my human, the human and human in me is. Like, really, God, like, you know, is this too good to be true kind of thing? And um, I get home Friday, and you are in the kitchen. You are already, like, cooking dinner or something. I, You were doing something, but you were singing. <laughs> like, you were singing and, and actually, like, smiling and worshiping. And I was like, oh, I, I just stopped. And you're just like. Hey, babe, love you. You know, I'm so glad to see you. And just come, kind of as big grin. And, and I'm God. just like, who are you? <laughs> who are you? Like, who is this person? And, um, and I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and, and it was just the, I, I saw you. I was like, that's like, hello, husband. Yes. I'm so glad you're home now. <laughs> and, um, but I did, I saw the transformation. Only God, only God um can do that. And and Ugh. he did. And um to to sit here tonight, you know, a, a year, what year two later, ish, almost two, almost year two later, years later. Um I I see the, the no, that it is li- it's later. been two years. Yeah, two years. I can say, Wow, like the power of of God. I mean and I'm so thankful for how he lined everything up and it 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 was like we said it was all three it's when all three were balanced um did we see the miracle um and and sometimes the miracle doesn't come how we initially thought but it happened and it was it, it was to bring him glory. Yeah. And um, but wow. I mean, again, it's, it's words. Words cannot express a lot of times um, what we, but to be there, like how I felt, nobody can take that from me. Yeah. And nobody can convince me differently because I've seen it. Me, yeah. Because I've seen it and I've lived it.
1: And actually, you know what how what the enemy meant for evil, God turns around for mm-hmm. good yes. and um, and yes. for the actually, and I'd say for the you know, if you look at that story of that man, he went on because he wanted to keep, you know going with Jesus in the boat, it says soon after that. And Jesus says, "No, no, no! You stay behind, and you tell people what the Lord has done." And um, and it said that that man went throughout ten different cities, and just sharing, sharing story. the gospel. Literally, yeah. Like he was. I heard somebody say that him and uh, it's like the the um, woman at the well and this guy. I love that Jesus. It's like Jesus. We we were like oh it was the disciples or it, it was some mighty you know no Jesus chose the woman at the well who mm-hmm. had had been with like five, five different husbands, wives, five, husbands, five different husbands, you know yeah, and this guy to be like the first missionaries <laughs> and the first evangelists you
2: tell your town your cities yeah and
1: and because of the miracles of God many others believed and you know so you know one like. That's, that's God. That's his story. And then I just wanted to close on an encouragement for um, for those of you who are struggling and who either you love somebody, you know, that is dealing with a mental health diagnosis and, uh, that might be in the throes of it. And so that first story, that one of the one set free, I hope that encourages you. Now, if, if you are in the midst of deep anxiety and depression and, and just despair, um, you know, I, it's tough when, when people say they understand and you go, no, you really don't. And, uh, but I want to encourage you that Jesus understands. He understands and he is with you just like he was with me in the hospital in the darkest of times he was there. And um, I love what it says in the prophecy in Isaiah about Jesus in Isaiah 53. And it says that he was despised and rejected by men, for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And my prayer for, for all of us, for you, is that by his wounds we are healed. The the, the very stripes on his back that, that mirror those cuts on a wrist by his stripes by his wounds we are healed and you know i just and you might say well really and i remember reading this about jesus and and when he was about to go be crucified and the amount of agony and and despair and and everything that we just read about the grief and and i think about all those nights of night sweating and and to the point of, of just, uh, of almost bleeding, you know, and I, I read this about Jesus and he, uh, and he withdrew, um, it was saying, and he, he came out and went as was his custom to the Mount of Olives and the disciples followed him. And when he came to that place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation where uh that's this is in luke that's in luke and i love it. it says in matthew's recounting that my soul before he went off to pray in that moment he said my soul is very sorrowful even to death remain here and watch with me wow so he like he understands in that moment and then he says he went off about a stone's throw and he prayed saying father if you're willing Remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And there appeared to to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And then right here, wow. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly and his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And, and I just, I encourage you with that that you may feel like Jesus is, you, you may not believe in him, um, but he is real. He made you and then he came down, stepped down into this earth, this place. He endured the suffering, the grief, the the world that he, he put on. Uh, skin and bones I've heard it said and he understands he was tempted in every way and yet never sinned and the, the things that we do the punishment that we do deserve he took and man if you're going through a mental health crisis call on Jesus run to him He is right there. He understands. And just pray for you. I pray that you would know that comfort, know him and that he would set you free, that he would heal you in Jesus' name. And before uh, we close once again, if you are experiencing thoughts, or urges or ideations of uh, harming yourself or another person um, that you need to contact uh, like emergency personnel, like go to the ER or call 911. Uh, There's also 988, uh, which is the suicide prevention hotline. So 911 or 988. Please do not waste a moment, um, because your, your life or the life of others could depend on it. Uh, we love you so much. And if, if, uh, if you, uh, want to share your story, uh, know that you can, you can email us, um, and that will be in the show notes. So we love you and we will talk to you again soon.